You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. You're watching the Inside Slant on the Sports Objective. Over the next hour, the guys will be joined by play-by-play voices, beat writers, and other analysts from around the nation as they preview this weekend's college football action. Let's hear from you throughout the show via Facebook Live, on our YouTube channel, or on Twitter at the Sports OBJ. Now, here are the guys. All right, welcome in to the Inside Slant, a weekly college football preview. And it's been uh, more like, I guess, a Hurricane Ian preview. A lot of people wondering what's going on with the games. But, uh, Bubba, it looks like uh, for you guys in the western part of the state, um, like, reminds me of 1989 uh, with Hurricane Hugo. Um, what came up through that way, it looks sort of like a similar path. We'll have to wait and see. But, Bubba, welcome into the show here. I know all the way from China Grove. Yeah, Dave, uh, as you're saying, uh, obviously – the effects of Hurricane Ian, and um, as most folks know, on the, listen to our show, I'm about 30 minutes or so north of Charlotte, and we are out of school tomorrow. Uh, we have a, a remote work day, uh, so basically uh, we can you know, work from home like we did back during the pandemic and log our hours, and um, the kids uh, have a day out. Yeah, uh, as we bring our, our guests in, it's just funny because it's so funny when uh, growing up, I used to be like, please, please, please let it be a snow day so we don't have to do the work. And now they're like, whenever there's a snow day or something like this, they're like, uh, yeah, you're, you guys are going to have a virtual day tomorrow. So it's not the same kind of snow day, right, Bubba? Yeah, definitely a different world. Um, but, you know, without any further ado, um, a lot of top 20 matchups involving a, a ranked opponent against another ranked opponent this weekend. and. Uh, Really, the headliner, you have number five, Clemson, uh, welcoming 10th-ranked NC State um, to Death Valley. And this is a matchup that's been circled uh, for a long time, uh, not only by these two programs, but then just and college football fans in general. You know, when they look at the ACC race, uh, they knew this matchup was going to go a long way um, in the Atlantic division and the league race as a whole. Um, but right now, to talk about, the matchup, uh, welcome in staff writer for the Clemson, uh, or excuse me, I started to say Clemson Insider, Clemson SI, and the host of Believe in Clemson Football, Will Vandervoort. Will, we appreciate your time this evening. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate uh, you, you letting me come on. I always enjoy coming on and talking football with you guys. It's always fun. We have a good time. Uh, by the way, um, yeah, it kind of stinks to be a kid these days, sort of, don't it? I mean, another thing that – really is good about us that, that they don't get to do is like have a true snow day or a true a day where you're out of school where you're not, not having, you know, what are they, they've already cut their summer short. Right. So they don't have as long as summer now. Now they have these, you know, they do zoom stuff. I mean, it must be stink to be a little kid. You don't get snow days like we all used to do. Yeah. My daughter said, <laughs> my daughter said, uh, it was so funny. She wants it so bad. She said, dad, I even think it's going to snow tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> she's trying to do any bag of tricks to get that day off but they have an early release day that's why they're not doing it they're going to get out at 11 50 after 11 o'clock is uh, you can't count it present but that's too deep inside the weeds will we're so glad to have you back you've been with us for the last few years it's always fun as you said talking college football this is a huge matchup and i know this is the one thing that i do know 
if Clemson could have it back, they would go back and change some plays from last year, and NC State wouldn't be able to talk about a victory. But you can't talk <laughs> about the past. The past is the past. And I'll just say this. We played NC State. We should have beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll say this. I think, to be fair to them, I do think they have a good football team, but I don't think it's as good as they think it is. And I mean the fans. I'm not necessarily saying Dave Dorn and company. They do have a good football team. There's no question about it. But let me just say that I think Clemson, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about you, Will, when people were talking about um, several months ago, Clemson had a down year. I said, we'll take that. We've only had 10 wins twice in the history of our football program. (laughs) We'll take take a down year, right, Bubba? (laughs) Yeah, that, that shows what Dabo and staff have done there in Clemson. But, you know, Will, as you take a look at this matchup, um, you know, first, um, actually, before we even take a look at this matchup, and let's go back to last week um, mm-hmm. with what transpired up in Winston-Salem. Um, now, I was headed to Greenville and following that game, uh, listening on my drive, and, man, uh, what a game. Fireworks galore for both offenses. Uh, so uh, what were your thoughts on the Tigers and the Deeks? Man, I tell you, that was um, one of the better games I've been to that I've covered. I've been doing this uh, what uh, eighteen years now, covering Clemson football, and um, you know I've got I've seen a lot of great games. Obviously, a couple national championship, four national championship games, and a and a and a ex- couple exciting ones with Alabama that are right up there um, as the best games I've ever seen in person. And that one rivaled those games, believe it or not, because it was just so intense. And 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 I want to let people know I'm a defensive guy. So personally, as I'm watching this game, I am hating it because I like strategy in a game. I like off. I like defense to step up and show some strategy and, and, and take control of the lines of scrimmage. But that didn't happen this game on either side for the most part. Uh, Wake Forest just was really just making Clemson look stupid, to be honest with you, uh, the way they were throwing it up. And they're either getting a big play for a touchdown or they're getting a penalty. I mean, it was just – I've never seen a Clemson team just look lost in the secondary like that. Um, and then, you know, did, then what Clemson did offensively, Dabo said it today on um, Mark Packer's show on the ACC Network. He said, you know, in the second half there, they were down from the middle of the third quarter on. They were down every possession. And DJ Uyungle and that offense, they came out. And every time with that pressure on them, they went down and scored and matched – Wait for a score for score until finally in the overtime, Clemson made one more play than Wake Forest to get the win. Um, you mentioned that NC State game last year. This one was a little bit different because that NC State game was more a defensive game, right? It was 14-14 at the end of regulation. This one was a shootout. Um, and believe it or not, guys, that was Clemson's first win in overtime on the road since it beat Miami in 2009. Uh, down in uh, Coral's Gable. So uh, a big win for uh, Clemson. I mean, it really was a big win for Clemson, especially with the confidence for that offense. Yeah, you talk about that, um, the performance of DJ, throwing for, what, 371 yards, five Mm -hmm. touchdowns, and now for the season, uh, 10 touchdowns as opposed to just one pick, and he's thrown for a little over 1,000 yards. So just talk about his development and – uh, the 2022 DJ um, versus 2021. Yeah, there's a lot of things that play into it. Um, if 
from the DJ standpoint, you know, he had some things going on off the field involving his family that was really uh, distracted him for a long period of time. He, he, he didn't really get to do the things I think he wanted to do from a preparation standpoint going into the season because of it. He just had to be there for his family and stuff. And sometimes football has got to take a back seat. Right. And, um, you know, so he had that he was dealing with, he, he was 30 pounds overweight. He played, he told us in the spring, he played last year at 265 pounds. Um, and it showed because it really affected his game. I thought it affected his mobility. Um, and then he ended up having a knee injury that he played a good part of last year with. He had a index finger. He broke his index finger that he had to have surgery on at the end of the season. He played with that on his throwing hand. Um, so, you know, he, he battled some things. And then let's just call it what it is. The offensive line was not good last year. And the wide receivers weren't good last year. A lot of that had to do with injuries. Um, you know, uh, they had several injuries up front where they went the first seven games of the season with a different offensive line every week. Um, and they only had three games all season where they played with the same offensive line from one week to the next. And then at wide receiver, seven of the nine scholarship wide receivers were out with season ending injuries by the eighth week of the season. I mean, it was unreal. The massive injuries at one at the end of the year, when Clemson went into the bowl game uh, with Iowa state, they had 32 players that were out for that game that were injured. And they had a, they only had 64 players available in that game. That's how banged up they were at the end of last season. Um, I thought it was the best coaching job Dabo Sweeney has ever done at Clemson, and that includes the national championship seasons. Because there's no reason, guys, there's no reason that team should have won 10 games. None. Uh, Will, we're talking about uh, Dabo. Do you think uh, how how was the fan base? I'm sure they're okay, but how is the fan base with him as far as like, like we're talking about like 10, 10 wins is not enough uh, last year. You know, I, I think it was more of the national media uh, giving Clemson a hard time more than the fans, but just uh, you cl- you follow the program extremely close. Mm-hmm. How are, how are the fan base with the, the players and with the coaches like Dabo? Yeah, Dave, they were, uh, they were, they were a little upset at first because they didn't like the fact when they were four and three, there was some major concern um, there, and so there was a, they were upset about it. They did, they thought that that team should have been better than they were, and maybe if they were healthy, they would have been. I mean, they you know you mentioned the game last year with NC State where they had an opportunity to um, you know win that game, even though they didn't play well and they did have injuries. They lost Brian Brzee in that game, and he ended up out for the season. They lost Will Shipley. Uh, for three games in that game, he he ended up getting hurt in that game, and so that's where the injuries really started to pile up for him. And um, you know they still had a chance to win the game at the end, despite that. But then they went to Pittsburgh, and they really they outplayed Pittsburgh in the first half and should have had control of that game. And then right there early in the third quarter, DJ makes a just a boneheaded play, and it's taken back to the house, and it turned out to be the difference in that game, and it cost them a game. Um, Obviously, they lost to them defending national champions. There's no holding your head down for that. But when you look at the three teams they lost to, and they had a chance to win all three games, they lost to Georgia on a pick six, uh, right? They lost to Pittsburgh on a pick six. Georgia won the national championship. Pittsburgh won the ACC. And they lost to NC State in double overtime um, in a game where NC State probably should have won by one in regulation and won it easier. But somehow Clemson forced it into overtime. So they were kind of like, you know, guys, we're not far behind. 
You know, we're really not. We just need to get healthy. They started to get a little healthy toward the end of the year, found their mojo, won their last six games to get to 10-3. and I mean, looked good doing it in a lot of ways. And they found some magic in the run game um, once that offensive line started getting a little more continuity. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a, it, it was a heck of a, a season for the coaches just to get them in that position. But, yeah, the fans at first just did not – they did not like being four and three. This is a spoiled fan base as any fan base does. Look, when you go, what, what is it, 11 straight years of winning 10 games or more, you've won seven conference championships – You've uh, played for the national championship four times. You've been to the college football playoffs six times. You've won the national title twice. Yeah, fans weren't happy to be four and three. And, <laughs> and But the way they got to ten and three, I think they appreciated that journey a little bit more because they thought at four and three they were looking at a losing season. No question about it. But this year, uh, I think with uh, with Clemson, I think you're gonna, people are going to see and maybe we'll find out on Saturday. By the way, before um, before I ask another question, talk about the weather. I, I know you said pre-show it's looking a lot better than we thought, right, for Saturday night? Yeah, I'm going to show you my meteor- meteorologist skills right here. Here we go. Um, so from what I've gathered, and by the way, you, you were talking about how the path is the same as Hugo, and it looks like it's going to be a way it's going to, as far as way it's going to hit Charleston and move up and go into Charlotte, which is exactly what Hugo did back in 1989. Um, coincidentally, Clemson played that Saturday also. They played against Maryland um, and beat Maryland 31-7 to that day, uh, the same path of the storm. And so from what we are told, that the weather is going to come in um, tomorrow right around lunchtime. The wind's going to pick up. The rain's going to pick up sometime around 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. And then, um, and then it's going to go through the night, uh, but it's going to push out by uh, maybe 9 o'clock Saturday morning. Uh, there'll be a little bit of rain left over, but then it's going to push out by noon. And they, they said it could even clear, be clear skies by middle of the afternoon, early evening. So Clemson NC State, which is a 7.30 kickoff on ABC, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Even game day, which they were worried about whether they're going to be able to do game day out in the um, elements, uh, they feel like they're going to be able to do that too um, because everything seems like it's going to be pushed out of here by Saturday morning. Um, that's That's fantastic. And one of these days, Will, one of these days – We've never hosted game day. Uh, App State has, and and we haven't. Um, but anyway, hopefully they'll start doing game day in North Carolina. We just have to win more. Um, I guess that's what it comes down to. For, that's what uh, it comes down to. Go, go, hey, go to Texas A&M, guys, and beat Texas A&M. There you, you go. Know, the Clemson people just say, hey, go to South Carolina and win. They'll they'll love you for that. So, <laughs> Well, we should. Well, you know that I know you all were pulling hard for us in the, the opener last year, um, second game of the year, rather. <laughs> Uh, lost that one on a field goal, but anyway, um, we we this is crazy how games. Uh, not to get in, we're talking about Clemson, NC State, but just uh, this year, we should easily be four zero. But that's another show, uh, for sure. As far as this game is concerned, though, um, what are the key factors? What are you looking for in this game? We'll start off with that, and then we'll talk about offensive, defense, and special teams. Yeah, I think when you look at this matchup, I think it's going to come down to who, um, which offensive line plays the best. I really believe that when you look at these two defenses, even though Clemson had a bad game last week, and it happens, you're going to have those days, you know, and, and they had three injuries on the back end, and they were real significant injuries, and credit Wake Forest for understanding that and attacking that, knowing Clemson was playing true freshmen out there, you know. Um, those freshmen will be better for it, there's no doubt, 
Um, but you know, that was some major growing pains they had to go through last week with those great wide receivers Wake Forest has, um, and that quarterback. Um, so, but NC State's a little different beast. They're not, they don't attack the same way. You know, they're more of a dink and dunk kind of offense, screen games. You guys know all too well what it's like. You watched it at the beginning of the season. And um, so I think Clemson's defense is going to try to establish the line of scrimmage and try to get a little more pressure. Wes Goodwin, the defensive coordinator, was telling me that opponents this year are getting the ball out of their hands in 1.5 seconds, trying to negate Clemson's great defensive line, which if you give – he says, if you give us two seconds, we're going to get you. So he's like, they're just beating us. He says, so we just got to get a little bit better and win those one-on-one matchups faster and and, and get to the quarterback. So that's going to be a key to this game. You know, can Clemson's uh, can Clemson get some kind of pressure and really control the game? I think neither team's going to run the football very well because both teams are very good at stopping the run. Clemson leads the ACC um, at, uh, was it, 79 yards a game. They're allowing only 2.4 yards per clip. NC State is second. Just 81.5 yards. I think it's like 3.2 yards a clip. So neither team's going to run the football well. So the offensive line that can get the best push and can have the most success, I think it's going to have going to win this game. I really do believe that. And guys, I have to give the edge there to NC State because they do have a more experienced offensive line, and they matched up pretty good against Clemson last year, and they negated that Clemson defensive front a lot. And so um, it's going to be interesting to see if Clemson can win that battle. But, man, NC State's defensive front and their front seven and the way their linebackers attack with the run blitz, um, it's hard to run the football on those guys consistently. It really is. And uh, they come to the football a lot. It's like meet you at the ball. And uh, they do it as good as anything. It'll be interesting to see if Brandon Street or Clemson's offensive coordinator tries to do a little trickery because NC State's so aggressive to see if he tries to do some trickery to maybe just stop that aggressiveness that we see out of that NC State defense. And by the way, for Pirate fans who are listening and viewing right now, uh, we have the equipment truck driver, one of the guys that's on that team, saying that they're going to get to – they're leaving Greenville now. Uh, So they should be in uh, Jacksonville about 3 a.m. So so, uh, anyway, uh, we we have a lot of great – Be careful. Be careful, guys. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no doubt in that uh, that storm. But anyway, uh, as far as the uh, is there a is there another edge that maybe Clemson would have or NC State? The special teams comes to mind. Who do you think has the edge there? Yeah, um, when it comes to kickoff returns and stuff, we know NC State's got it right. They got a guy who can take it to the house. Um, I think the NC State has an edge there. Clemson Clemson's been about average when it comes to the return game. Now Clemson's good at covering kicks. And they've actually, it's interesting, Clemson's actually kind of practiced it the last couple of weeks because they got Potter who can just, you know, knock the ball out of the end zone every time he kicks it. Um, and I'm sure that's what the plan's going to be. But Dabo has worked the last couple of weeks just having Potter kick the ball short. And um, that's caused, um, you know, that's worked, that's allowed them to work a little bit. And they've covered kicks well. So we'll see how that works. They got Because they're going to have to, this guy's pretty explosive. They're going to have to be real good at it. And then when you look at the um, – I think Clemson's got the edge as far as a kicker goes. Special teams is going to be uh, paramount on this, and it could come down to a kick. And now that the weather doesn't seem like it's going to be an issue, that kind of puts Davis Potter back into the fold. He kicked a 52-yard field goal last week 
um, that was clutch in the last four minutes of that game that it eventually forced overtime. I mean, a 52-yard field goal with that pressure on you, knowing your defense can't stop Wake Forest at that time, that was huge. That was really huge for Clemson. And uh, so they end up, you know, um, you know. so I think special teams is going to be a big part in this. Um, I would call that an even matchup just because of Potter, and he can negate that return game. Um, now, Clemson's going to have to keep on the way from him in the punt return game. Um, and Clemson hasn't been as good kicking. They, did, they struggled last week at punting. So we'll see how they do there. Um, and then I, I think the matchup on the offense, Clemson's got to um, – I think DJ's going to have to be consistent, show that consistency this week. That's the thing. Um, you know, you talked about him improving, and he has. He's improved a lot. But this is going to be the best defense he's going to see to this point in the season. Um, and it's not even close. These guys are the best. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how they defend him and then how he reacts to it um, because um, they confused him a lot last year. And that's really the game where a lot of people started thinking, oh, Clemson going to be in trouble because DJ's struggling against NC State. Um, and so um, we'll see how he does against that uh, 3-3-5 defense. Yeah, that's something I'm really intrigued to see after the way he's performed thus far um, with a huge game. And uh, I know um, back, I guess it was a couple years ago, you know, when he took over, what he had a big game against Notre Dame, I believe it was. But uh, I believe that was probably a career best outing a week ago, right? Yeah, well, it wasn't a career best. He had... As far as numbers, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, his Notre Dame game was um, a record setting performance when he was at Notre Dame. He was the. Okay. He's, the, he's thrown for the most yards by any quarterback at Notre Dame. Okay. Um, I did. So, yeah, so he threw for like 435 yards and four and a couple touchdowns at Notre Dame, completed like 71% of his passes. So his best game technically is that game. But, you know, this one obviously was big because it was a big game, nationally televised game. Everybody's watching. Your, your, your defense isn't playing well. The, it's on your shoulders to go win the game. And he went out there and won the game. I mean, we're going to call it what it is. DJ, without DJ Uyungle, Clemson does not win that game. Just, it is, they wouldn't because he made some big-time throws. Now, his receivers made some big plays. I think that was the difference um, in this game and what Clemson had looked like from last year, right, was the fact the receivers really attacked the ball, went up and got it, helped him out, bailed him out a couple times, um, which you're supposed to do because he's supposed to put the ball in a certain place and the receivers got to go get it. Um and then the offensive line was outstanding. Um, they were unbelievable the amount of time DJ had to throw the football. Um, he said that at one point when he threw that first touchdown pass, he said, I had enough time to go make a sandwich and eat it. That's how much time he had, as he says, as he went through his progressions. Um, so they're playing with a lot of confidence. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, can they carry that over into this game? Um, they've gotten better with each week. From week one to week four, I mean, if you go look at the numbers, they've gotten better every game offensively. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they can do. And and I would say Will Shipley, who's a former, you know, his mom and dad were NC State grads. His his entire mom's family are all NC State grads. He said there's like 26 of them, which tells me Will went and counted how many NC State grads are yeah. on his mom's side. And so that tells you Will wants to play very well in this game. This is going to be a big game for Will Shipley. And he could be the X factor because he's without a doubt the best running back on the field, right, on Saturday night. And, you know, you can argue to say maybe when he's on the field, 
he's the best player on the field, right? So um, we'll see. You know, he leads the ACC in touchdowns. I know NC State's going to be keying on him, and that might help DJ. That's something they didn't have last year, right? When they played NC State, at the time, Will Shipley and them were trying to feel their way into this thing. They were freshmen. Um, they were trying to learn their, their way. Didn't have that go-to running back that they have now, and they got two other guys right behind them, Kobe Pace and Phil Moffa, that can – you know, that are just as good, if you will. And and now the offensive line's playing well. So Clemson's got a running game, which it didn't have in last year's matchup. And you wonder, okay, if NC State focuses so much on Will Shipley and stopping that run, what does that do for DJ and those wide receivers? Does it open up things a little bit more? Because we said Clemson is the best defense. NC State's the best defense Clemson has played to this point. Well, we got a pretty good idea from what we've seen so far. Clemson might be the best offense they faced. No disrespect to East Carolina because I thought East Carolina did some good things in that game. But I think, you know, this is probably the best matchup they've seen. And so a team who's balanced as Clemson is. Clemson's averaging 188 yards a game on the ground, and they're throwing for 275 yards a game. That's pretty difficult for a team to try to stop when you have that kind of balance. And you talk about the ground game, um, obviously, you know, Shipley back-to-back 100-yard games, I think, what, 104 or something against Wake. But uh, also you had DJ uh, running for, what, 50 to 55 yards uh, on 14 attempts. Yeah, DJ, the last two weeks is really um, – they didn't show much the first couple of weeks of him in the run game. They kind of had him just, you know, against Georgia Tech and Furman where he just kind of dropped back and, you know um, – just threw the football, really didn't use him at all in the run game. The last two weeks, they've they've used him exclusively at times um, where he's had nine to ten carries. Um, probably of those nine, of if he's got ten carries, nine of them were true runs. You know, not these aren't scramble yards. These are actually him it's get designed runs that they have for him or he's doing it out of the RPO game. He's gotten better with the RPOs. And, yeah, he ran for 62 yards the week before against Louisiana Tech then rushed for 52 yards last week. And if he can do that each week and take care of the football, yeah, that opens up that RPO game a lot. And now it puts stress on the linebackers. And then when you throw in the tight ends that they're starting to use now, where they got Jake Brittingstool and they got Davis Allen, and this is how good you can say that they feel comfortable with the offensive line, is that those guys last year, they made them block. They very rarely would go out and run routes and catch, try to catch passes. Now they're not. they're putting those guys in the slot. I mean, they're off the line of scrimmage, you know. Um, so it, it, they've been very creative with them, and uh, um, they've done a great job, uh, you know, getting those guys involved. And so if you got DJ running the ball and you got two tight ends that are making plays, now you're putting stress on the linebackers. Okay, what do we do? You know, we got these tight ends out here making plays, but, you know, we got somebody's got to watch the quarterback. You know, and then the safeties are figuring out things. And so you saw how that can open up their offense last week. Um, so it's going to be a great matchup when Clemson has the ball against NC State. I really think it is because I think Clemson's playing with a lot of confidence in that NC State defense. As I said before, they're, 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 they're legit. They're the best part of that NC State team. And so it's going to be a fun matchup to watch. And, Will, for me, I was going to say that it was kind of like survive in advance with the game last week. You knew Wake Forest was uh... – not the Wake Forest. We grew up. Maybe the um, I think this is a better team than that uh, ACC championship team with Jim Grove. I really do. Um, no, I agree. I th- I think this Wake Forest team is going to be hard to beat because of those wide receivers. I mean, you have five wide receivers. 
that can just go. I mean, they got the best set of wide receivers in the league. It's and it's it's easy. It's bar none, and that's including Clemson and Florida State. Florida State's got some good receivers too, by the way. We'll find that game out this week. But I think they're going to be trouble for a lot of teams, and um, they'll win eight to nine, maybe ten games. I I, I believe this year, and um, they'll be in that top third of the ACC Atlantic. I I really believe that. So, you know, this it's crazy, man, because these next couple weeks. The ACC Atlantic Division is going to be decided. Clemson and Wake have already played. You got Clemson and NC State playing this week, as well as Florida State and Wake Forest. And then NC State plays Wake Forest after that. And then Clemson plays Florida State after that. So, guys, on by October 15th, we're probably going to know who's going to win the ACC Atlantic Division. That was one of my questions I had for you, Will, as far as uh, some are comparing to ACC versus – Things pretty much wrapped up in the next handful of weeks versus the Big Ten, where they tried to stretch out some of the marquee, and so maybe maybe till maybe a few weeks later that you would know like how things were going to shape out. You know, some teams maybe seven and over, seven and over, something like that. But mm-hmm. Let's just uh, take an overview of the league. What do you? What are some surprises for you? Maybe some teams that are better than expected, and maybe teams that you thought were going to be good that are not living up to the hype in the preseason. Well, so far, I think in the ACC Atlantic, you know, I think the teams we thought would be good are being pretty good as far as Clemson, Wake Forest, NC State. Um, I think those four are the three that we thought would be the favorites in that division, and that's holding true. Florida State. I say he's surprised. Um, you know, I didn't see uh, Jordan Travis has made some great leaps as as a quarterback like DJ has, and uh, but you know he doesn't have the talent around him that Clemson has, and so for him to take the jump he's doing is really impressive. Um, now he's got some pretty doggone good receivers that they went and got out of the transfer portal and stuff that have really come in and helped that Wilson kid. Man, he's something else now. Ask Louisville about him, um, but they get number eighty there. He's really good too. Um, um, so they, they got some guys that can go up and get it. Um, as a Packer always says, they got some Frisbee catching dogs, um, on that Florida state team there, Florida state still suspect on defense. I believe, I think Wake Forest is going to show that a little bit too this week. Louisville kind of showed that as well. Right. So, um, but still a good start for Florida state. I I think they're surprised everybody, um, really disappointed with Boston college. Right. I mean, they're they're. I thought Boston College would be more competitive than this, and I know they they they're replacing their entire offensive line, but they're just having problems scoring right now. And um, you know, they're they're an interesting uh, team right now, but the way they're playing. And then um, you know, uh, Louisville, like I said, I I think Louisville's about where we thought they'd be. Uh, heavy on the offensive side, they got a great quarterback. And Malik Cunningham, but they just can't stop anybody. They can't stop a nosebleed. Um, you know, they're just so bad on defense. Might be the worst, the worst defense in the ACC. Um, and then uh, Syracuse, wow. I don't want to forget about them. They're off to a good start. They play Wagner this week. If they can just not mess that up and go do what they should do against Wagner, they're going to be undefeated because uh, when they play NC State in a few weeks, I believe, um, because they haven't lost a uh, they haven't lost a game and they're going to be off, so they're going to get Wagner, and they're going to be 5-0, and and then they're going to get an open date. So they're going to be undefeated more than likely going into that game in a few weeks. So um, that's going to be uh, 
pretty cool to see for Syracuse. And and Dino Babers, by the way, man, I tell you, that's a, that guy is one of the best coaches in the league. He really is. He gets more out of less than anybody. I mean, guys, Syracuse, their facilities and stuff is horrible. I mean, horrible. I mean, there's no other way I can describe it. I've been there. I've seen it all. It's not that good. And for him to, to get a team that's already got – chance to have five wins and maybe go to a bowl game and they don't really have that many guy big time players on that team uh that's that's impressive he gets he gets the most out of his kids every year um he, he's a good coach man it's, if he stays at Syracuse much longer I'll be surprised um and then uh, over on the other side North Carolina you know okay I said earlier maybe that Louisville has the worst defense but maybe North Carolina does <laughs> from what we've seen they have been just awful on the defensive side of the football. I mean, when you got a quarterback who's on pace to throw 64 touchdowns, you just need three stops, guys. Can you just stop the other guy three times? You know, that's what I'll be asking my defensive coordinator. Figure out a way to get three stops for me this week and just let my quarterback do what he needs to do. You gave up 50 points to that horrible Notre Dame team? That Notre Dame team's horrible on offense. They don't have a quarterback. They can't run the ball. I mean, it's just it's pitiful to watch that and, and to give up 50 points to that team. Uh, I mean, that was bad. That was that was bad. And they just they're just not very good offensively. I mean, defensively at all. Um, but they're three and one. They figured a way to at least win three of those four games. Uh, Pittsburgh, if Pittsburgh doesn't lose its starting quarterback in that, and then their backup in that game against Tennessee, they beat Tennessee. They, they do. They win that game. Um, there's no doubt in my mind they would have won that game because they went to overtime with their third string quarterback and you know had a chance to win it there. So um I think Pittsburgh is the class of that division. I think they're gonna come out of that division as the as the division champs and will play, you know, I think the winner of this game on Saturday night for the championship. Uh so it's um, you know, you know, when I look at anybody else, Tony Elliott, he's got he's got some work to do there at Virginia. Duke is a good story so far um, at three and one, but that's not going to last much longer, right? I mean, the, eventually that's going to catch up with them. And um, uh, the, whether it's, yeah, Duke's three and one. And then uh, let's see, um, trying to think on the other, Virginia Tech. Oh, talking about a horrible offense. Oh, they stink. <laughs> oh, they stink. Um, you know, so the coastal yeah. is not very good. They see Atlantic is loaded. I mean, they got four teams in the AP top 25 this week. They have five teams in the coaches' top twenty-five poll, and um, they mat they rival the AC the, the SEC West as far as the number of teams ranked this week. So the ACC Atlantic's loaded; it's got some good teams over there, and the coastal is pretty much Pittsburgh and everybody else. You mentioned the coastal, obviously on um, Georgia Tech parting ways with Jeff Collins as well as their AD. So um, what do you think as far as that job? You, you've seen Deion Sanders' name has been mentioned, obviously, with ties to Atlanta mm-hmm. as far as uh, the Braves and the Falcons. And uh, obviously a lot of name recognition and exposure he would, he would bring the program. But what are your thoughts on that job? That's their target. Now the question is, can they get him? Because there's this other school called Nebraska that wants Deion also and, you know, when you if you're Dion, you're in a tough situation because, yes, going to Georgia Tech would get you – you could go there and you can recruit well because you're very – you know, he's from that – he lives in that area, I think, still um, during the – or he did anyway after he retired from football. And um, he, he did the camps there. His kids went to high school in that area. So he's very familiar with all the coaches and stuff in the Atlanta area. I think there's no doubt he could go in there and recruit 
and take some kids away from Georgia and Clemson and Auburn, who's still in pretty much every year. Um, and he could bring some of that, and he would bring some excitement to Georgia Tech program that just, let's just be honest, they need it. I mean, Jeff Collins, man, I don't know what he was doing, man, but he was awful. I mean, that's one of the worst football coaches I've ever seen. I mean, seriously, he makes Will Muschamp look like he was a genius. I mean, it, he just was awful. I mean, how do you get four punts blocked in four games? How do you do that? I mean, that's just – that's on coaching. That's all coaching, right? That's not players there. That's coaching. Um, that's just an example. He just – I remember the first game, his first game as a head coach, he comes out there and he sets up weights, like right on the Georgia Tech sideline in pregame. They're lifting weights. He's making them lift weights. I'm like, what are you doing? You you trying to intimidate Clemson? I mean, yeah. know, this thing just played for the national championship, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I thought um, it was kind of a odd hire from the get go. Like, I just yeah. didn't. I mean, I th- I just yeah. I didn't. It does not surprise me that it panned out the way it did. Yeah, I'm not surprised either. But I think Dion is their target. But Nebraska is a Nebraska got an early jump on it, right? And Nebraska. They play in the Big Ten. You get that Big Ten money. Nebraska's a program that's got a very, you know, Georgia Tech's got a proud tradition too, but not like Nebraska's. And it's hard to go out there and recruit Nebraska, no doubt. But if anybody can go into Texas and start getting Texas players again, it's Deion Sanders. He can do it. He can pull those guys. Because where else did he play, guys? He played at Dallas. And who is he good friends with? I don't know, this guy named Jerry Jones. I mean, there's Dion has connections. Let's be honest, Dion's got connections everywhere. And that's what makes him such an attractive coach. And look, let's be honest, he's doing a heck of a job as a head coach right now, you know, at the FCS level. And um, he's going to get an opportunity by somebody this year. There's no doubt in my mind. He knows now he's not going to Florida State because Mike Norvell has turned things around. He's got them playing well. I think Florida State's going to stick with Norvell for a while unless, unless it just totally falls apart, which I just don't see, right? So – Dion wants to get this level, and I think Georgia Tech and Nebraska are going to be battling it out, and I think it's going to be a tough decision for him to see which way, which way he goes. No doubt, and you look at that situation. I'll say this. If you're Dion, you take the Nebraska job, and here's why you take the Nebraska job, because they really want to win really, really bad. They're going to give him a lot of money. They have, just like you said, Will, you one of the – Things I was going to point out that Big Ten money, $100 million mm-hmm. every year per school. Um, I tell you another thing I heard that I did not know, and you may, you and Bubba are very, a lot smarter than I am, and maybe you knew it, but I can barely scale, uh, spell the word calculus. But apparently, every single student that goes to Georgia Tech has to take calculus, is what I was told. Wow. And um, I was very good with basic math, but when it became to the algebras and geometries and all that um that was way over my head so no offense to to any football player because there's a lot of smart football players out there but i I just feel like with uh the academic requirements hearing something like that is absolutely nuts Um, but to each his own i mean they're a great academic institution but when it comes to football or sports or just students in general um how many great athletes can Dion get there knowing of the academic requirements to take calculus versus Nebraska where they're going to be like, come on, baby, come on. Well, I, th- I think, you know, it's got to be, you know, and I'll say this about Clemson because Clemson's a hard academic school to get into. It is. It, 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 Clemson's got some high requirements and it's hard to get into. Uh, but 
Clips is pretty smart when it comes to its athletes. And I don't mean any disrespect because they got some smart football players too. Right. And um, these guys have graduated. Dabo's done a great job graduating. I think he's graduated like 95% of his players, you know, which is just ridiculous, you know, to have those high numbers. But Clemson has done a good job of kind of finding out where to put those guys to make them successful, to help them be successful. And um, I think Georgia Tech has kind of got to look at that and say, yeah, academics are great. So do we want to be Duke, you know, or do we want to p- compete and play for championships and still graduate our players and have good success there too? Because you can have both. It's a matter of how you got to figure out. Clemson did a good job figuring out the best way to help their athletes be successful and also have a good football program at the same time. Um, and so I think Georgia Tech's got to really look into that. And, you know, maybe you, know, maybe you don't make – listen, guys, there's a reason why I'm a writer. Uh, yeah, I can't do calculus to save my life. You know, I took statistics in college, so I can, don't have to take math. So, look, you know, it is what it is. You know, some people can do math. Some people can't. And, and you know, I'll be honest with you, I think more people can't because if most people could, then everybody would be rocket engineers, right, and stuff like that. I mean, let's just call it what it is. So it's hard to do that kind of level math. I know I can't do it. And so if that's one of the requirements, yeah, Georgia Tech's got to really look and say, okay, what do we want to be? Do we want to be a great football program and have academic success also? Or do we just want to have academic success? Because you can't have, you can't be a, you can't, you can do both, but you can't have it to where you're making it too hard for the athletes to be successful. You you got to give them something if you want to have a great athletic department. No question about it. And I think with uh, Will, would, is there a coach out there um, that maybe looking for like a Mac Brown that's saying, Hey, I want one more stop before I retire. Somebody like that, that would have a big name hire that would, everybody would say, wow, is there a, you know, up and coming coach you see, or there's a, there's three people, three different types of coaches I could see at Georgia tech. One um, that maybe up and coming coach that, you know, that would get a start there. But uh, the other thing is a coach, like Paul Johnson, they had a good coach with the with the option. Uh, the and he could op- get around the academic issues because of it and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, do, is there a coach that could be like that? Yeah, I don't know if there's any gimmicky coaches out there, right? I mean, Paul Johnson's one of the last. Where, I mean, maybe the guy at Coastal Carolina. Um, that is a gimmicky offense. Um, the- he, he runs the triple option out of the spread. Right. Uh, and he can throw the ball out of it. So you're not well, you know, what Paul Johnson's downfall was the fact that he couldn't get big time playmakers. Correct. Right. Because they're all like, I don't want to go there where they're not throwing the ball, but you know, 12 times a game. But at Coastal Carolina, you know, they'll throw that thing 25, 30 times a game out of the option. And it's a different kind of beast to defend. Um, it's got triple option principles in it, but it's not just necessarily the triple option. So that's a guy maybe. You can look at and say maybe he's on your second tier level of coaches you look at to say, okay, can this be a guy that can come in and can compete, can get us back to being competitive and can get over around these academic issues. Um, But one thing is Georgia Tech's got to commit to football. I mean, they do. I mean, when you, you look at Georgia, right, you look at Clemson, these are who you're competing with right in your area, even South Carolina, South Carolina has made a commitment to football and with their coaching staff and, you know, their facilities and things of that nature. You know, Auburn, 
right? You go against Auburn. Auburn's right there. You, of course, Alabama's not too far away from Atlanta. You what know, it's only Florida three State? hours. Yeah, so Florida State, now they're, 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 they're doing some more things now and getting some things. Florida is going into that area. If you're Georgia Tech, you got to say, okay, we got to make a commitment to football. Because you're either going to be, like I said before, you're either going to be Duke or you're going to be Clemson. you got to be one or the other. And if you choose to be Duke, then you are who you are. And why did you fire your coach and AD? Because you're not helping them out. So as a president at Georgia Tech, you got to say to yourself, okay, I may I fired the coach and the AD for a reason. What is that reason? And are we going to make a commitment now to be successful in football? Wake Forest has made a commitment to it, right? I mean, look at the new practice facility they got in there, their new um, uh, facility for their football operations. Wake Forest has made a commitment. So Georgia Tech needs to make a decision. You know, do you want to be academics? That's great. But when you decide that you're just going to put all your money to academics and not athletics, don't expect the athletics to be good. No question about it. We had a, a question for you here. Uh, from Johnny Robertson, he said he'd like to hear your opinion on why Brendan Armstrong's de- uh, declined the season. Um, well, I don't know. That could be a. It's so hard to tell, right? I think some of it's confidence. You know, when you when you have some tough losses and you're not playing or you're not making the throws you thought you could make, um, you know that could do. I mean, you go back last year to DJ. I thought the Georgia game. You know, you ask what really happened to DJ last year, what really caused him to decline like that. Man, it was his – it was that Georgia game where he got sacked seven times, right? I mean, it doesn't take much for a quarterback to lose his confidence in getting knocked on the ground when he's not seeing these guys coming. And um, so it could be it could be a number of reasons why. Um, I, I just think, though, it is confidence. And when a quarterback loses his confidence, it's hard for him to get it back. I mean, it is it is like a pitcher – in baseball, when a pitcher, you know, they give up a couple of long balls and, you know, they're done. That's it. They're done. And it's going to be – and it's not just done for that game. They're done maybe for the next couple of outings because they got to figure out – they're trying to go in their head, why am I missing that? Why am I not hitting my targets? And it's the same way for a quarterback. So when they're missing throws they think they should make or they're making reads that they didn't see and they're like – they start questioning themselves, well, am I not just seeing things the way I should? What's going on? And then they're trying too hard and they're trying to – uh, compensate for it too hard so it's just it's so hard to tell why um but i think most of it has to just come down to confidence more than anything no doubt about it. it's going to be uh great i uh, i had another question for you too um before mm-hmm. we let you go and i don't know if bubba has anything else but um what's the latest uh you guys uh you're very close obviously to clemson and the acc is there any uh movement there to move to the SEC. I know the grant of rights. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of stuff. Just out of curiosity, uh, are you hearing anything in your neck of the woods? Well, so- there's there was a lot of things we were hearing during all that. Um I can tell you this and I and I can't say it's like, you know what's the best way to word this? Let's just say this. When Graham Neff talked to us before the season started and he was asked some of these questions you know, he told us that Clemson is doing its due diligence, that they're not going to be left behind. Now, they want to do everything they can to stay in the ACC and be a part of this conference because Clemson started the ACC. Them and Maryland are the two that started this conference. And so they're the, they're the 
they're the one that's left of those two, right? And so this is the conference means a lot to Clemson. It really does. And um, so they want to do everything they can to stay here. But at the same time, they're 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 watching the landscape of college football. And by him saying we're watching the landscape, we're paying attention, it means Clemson is let's just say they're not content right now. I think that's the best way to say it. So, yeah, if an offer came that's a better offer and the ACC showing that they're not doing anything to get more competitive, then I think so. I mean, one of the things Clemson has really complained about within the conference, guys, is they've gone on and played for these national championships and all this stuff. And Clemson's getting making uh, only a couple million dollars more than, than Boston College, who hadn't done anything. And they're like, you know, okay, this isn't fair. You know, they're kind of like, we're bringing all this money into the conference. And Boston College getting in. And they're not mad that they're sharing the money with Boston College. They're mad that Boston College isn't using it for anything. That they're not doing what they the league wants them to do with the money, and that's put it into facilities and things of that nature and get better athletically. And so Clemson's kind of mad about that, you know, that some schools are not using that money. And so Clemson's point is, well, if they're not going to use it for what it's for, then why don't you give us a little bit more? And so now there's been talk about a shift in revenue sharing in the ACC. And I think this is the ACC's way of making the Clemson's and Florida States of the world happy where they're getting a little bit more money. So they're competitive with their SEC brothers. Because let's call it what it is. South Carolina is down there. You know, they're going to be pulling 80 to $90 million a year now just from, you know, the TV deals and all that stuff, right? Well, South Carolina doesn't have the same booster club that Clemson does with Ipte. Ipte brings in about almost $50 million a year for Clemson, and that allows Clemson to make up for where the the, the ACC being behind the uh, the Southeastern Conference right now, and that allows Clemson to compete. Um, but you can't make up $90 million. I mean, this is – and Clemson is like, you know, this can't keep happening where these other two conferences keep getting these big money deals – and we're sitting here, like you mentioned, the grant of rights, sitting here at 41, 42. I think at the end of the contract, Clemson could be pulling 62, 63 million a year. But guys, that's 13, 12, 13 years from now, you know, and, you know, because it's, it's heavy on the back end. The deal is heavy on the back end. So it wasn't a good deal that John Swafford signed. It, they thought it was at the time because it was going to keep people from poaching the ACC. But it turned out that that's, that's the worst deal they they could have possibly made. And um, I can tell you that Clemson and other schools have looked into how they could get out of the grant of rights if it came down to it. And so, you know, it's not doesn't mean they're leaving. It doesn't mean these other schools are leaving. It just means these schools are doing their due diligence and they're looking out for themselves. Though they want to be ACC members and, and, and be strong in the conference, it comes down at the very end, guys. It's about what? It's about me. And, you know, they don't want to get left behind. And being where Clemson is right now in the national college football landscape, and that's where the money is, you know, they, Clemson does not want to be left behind in the Atlantic Coast Conference if the Atlantic Coast Conference can't go and compete with those other conferences. It's going to be really interesting to see how everything plays out. And just when you think um, that will never happen, it seems like that's the world we live in now that – what the unexpected, the unexpected, right? So, yeah, uh, Oklahoma, Texas going yeah. to the SEC, Southern Cal and UCLA going to the Big Ten. What? Come on. Yeah. No doubt. Will, thank you so much for coming on tonight. I looked, I didn't realize we'd uh, kept you on this long. So I appreciate uh, that's okay, man. We're talking football, man. That's this is, exactly. this is my go to. 
Exactly, <laughs> no doubt. When the world is uh, turning upside down and hurricanes and crazy stuff, we always have our college football. Tell everybody uh, we love your work. Tell everybody where they can uh, view that and your podcast, and and we'll let you go. Yeah, they can uh, they can check out my all my work, uh, my stories. I got a good column, by the way, uh, coming up on the the rivalry, the feud between Clemson and NC State, and how there's a lot of bad blood there. Probably what people don't know, but it's been that way for years, for decades. And so um, I got that column coming up tomorrow. Um, cool. So go over to Clemson SI or All Clemson dot com and check that out um you know we'll be covering the game and all that stuff pre-game game leading up to the game and then also post-game we'll have it all covered for you and then uh you can go you can follow me at steeler will on twitter um and and then um also if you want to listen to my podcast i, I have a podcast with levon kirkland the former clemson linebacker um he's also played for the steelers me and him do a podcast together every week and you you can go to that it's called believe in clemson football and you can find that on wherever you get your podcast at. Uh, so uh, we enjoy doing that. And just like you guys, just talking football, man. We love it. No doubt about it. Can't wait. I'm going to be on my big screen right behind me. I'm going to be watching the Clemson NC State game Saturday night. will be interesting to see who wins. And uh, no doubt about it. Look forward to having you back on uh, our usual time. Usually it's around the college football playoff or somewhere around there. And uh, we'll see how the season turns out, my friend. All right, Dave and Bubba. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Hope you have a great night. All right, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, thanks for Will right there. And uh, Bubba, that was uh, a great, as always. We appreciate Will. I really didn't know that we had uh, kept him that long. Uh, so, Will, if you're still watching, we appreciate, again, the OT. I guess we went into uh, triple overtime there with him or more. Um, but certainly a big matchup and uh, talking ACC, talking college football and it's going to be a great, great uh, season still ahead. And if you're wondering about the Pirates, I just want to let you guys know that we under- my understanding is um, a lot of people worried about their flight. They're going to be taking off, I believe it's 1 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. And if that change, we'll let you know. We told you early in the show, our friend Justin Butts, they've got the trucks going uh, down to uh, hopefully down to by Jacksonville, Florida by 3 a.m. Uh, so on the road again, hard to believe the first road game for the Pirates is uh, with all this mess going on. It's been that kind of season to have four home games straight. Uh, then you have your first road game and you have to worry about logistics and getting people, a whole bunch of people down there safely. So our thoughts and prayers are with the team always, but certainly in the difficult situations. And speaking of our thoughts and prayers, Bubba, um, lots of deaths already. I was reading pre-show. Um, and I wanted to mention um, that my understanding is there's like been half a, uh, no, excuse me, a dozen deaths in the state of Florida. And there's one county, Lee County, I think it is. We have a Lee County. I'm not talking about Lee County, North Carolina, but Lee County, Florida has been really hit hard. So our thoughts and prayers are through all the people through this whole path of this hurricane. We can't stand them um, for sure. And uh, hopefully that uh, there's going to be the least amount of damage, the least amount of deaths out there. And uh, the one thing that we were worried about is um, they had a record. I think it was 12 foot. The governor DeSantis said 12 foot uh, storm surge. Kyle was talking about that. He's our staff meteorologist here at the Sports Objective. And 12 feet. Just think about that. It's like my height twice. Um, That's amazing and not a good way when it comes to that. So. Tough stuff, man. Tough stuff. Uh, but that's like I was telling my daughter. Um, it's a part of life that we we don't like and we wish we had normal weather. But 
Um, that's not a normal thing for sure. Uh, want to talk about uh, the Pirates, obviously, other matchups this uh, this evening. Uh, if you have your questions, you can put it on Facebook. Uh, we are on Facebook Live. You can put your questions on Facebook in the comments section, of course, YouTube. Uh, we're everywhere, so uh, do that for us. Now, Bubba, do you have anything? I guess not. We'll talk a little bit about the Pirates. Uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how things turn out for the Pirates. So what Pirate? Are you there, Bubba? I got a phone call. Uh, taking a look at some of the comments from our from our viewers. Uh, I'll put this up while Will was still part of the show, but um, I got a news break right when we were talking about Deion Sanders. I'm sure they heard us talking about it, uh, but no. Uh, Deion, the possibility of him going to Auburn. Uh, obviously, Auburn's three and one, but um, they have not looked particularly good despite being three and one. They were blown out at home by four touchdowns by Penn State. And uh, I, I think Brian Harson, uh, his days about came to an end last year, um, but he was brought back. And I think his time at Auburn is certainly um, going to in much sooner rather than later and I could definitely you know see them pursuing Deion Sanders so you know it's going to be a very interesting offseason or maybe not even offseason you know between now and in uh, the end of the season uh, to see where things go you know with Deion Sanders um, Georgia Tech Nebraska potentially Auburn um, and you take a look at Brian Harson you know he left his alma mater Boise State, where he was doing a heck of a job to uh, take that Auburn job. If he gets cut loose at Auburn, you know, we'll see how things uh, go for the remainder of the season at Boise State, but they haven't exactly been playing well. Uh, so maybe not this year, but down the road, you know, would they potentially bring back Brian Harson? So that's something to keep an eye on uh, this year and, you know, the next two or three years. And then Brandon Forbush, and he said Utah State and BYU tied at 17. Yeah, BYU was a 24-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. Uh, the Aggies, after having a very good first season under Blake Anderson, um, they've had their struggles early on this year, but they're playing well tonight in that rivalry matchup uh, within the state of Utah. And then uh, Jay Cutler said, uh, will ECU ever play Clemson in football? That's something that's very unique and you know, surprising probably to a lot of folks um, that don't realize that, that ECU and Clemson have never met on the gridiron. Uh, of course, they've played several times in baseball, and they've also played um, at least a few, if not several times in basketball. Right. Yeah, I think that uh, one of the things that people would always say is that we don't want to be where we're playing a, a whole bunch of money games and um, for me, as much as Bubba knows, I'm a kid of the 80s, and that's when I became a Pirate fan. And it was a different era, a different time where we were an independent and we have to play a lot of uh, the schools and that sort of thing. But I think that what it comes down to, we are playing Michigan next year. And I know John Gilbert wants to play a marquee matchup like that every once in a while. Um, but at the same time, you can't. You can't have Murder's Row where you have Clemson, Alabama, like this real difficult schedule. And then we have a difficult um, – it's not the most difficult conference, but it's not a cakewalk of a conference where you'd have to schedule 
these really hard teams to, to do that. I would say that um, Clemson and East Carolina, where would I see them playing? I would say that if, if East Carolina continues the growth they're doing in football, maybe down the line in um, a college football playoff. Um, but we would have to win. Obviously we got to take care of our business first. We have to play better as far as winning a conference. Um, and that that's not going to start to 24 when you have that. And you would think that the American would be uh, still at that point in the top six. Um, but it's a lot of variables that would have to happen. But the only way Bubba, I would see that is a, it would have to be where, the college football playoff, and then even more of a ridiculous thing thought is maybe somehow East Carolina gets in the ACC. Seriously doubt it, um, but like I was telling Will before we let him go, it's uh, expect the unexpected. You never know if a whole bunch of Duke and North Carolinas and a whole bunch of teams go different places and the ACC is scrambling around to get schools. Um, maybe they would do that, but I, I don't never see, I never see that happening. I really don't see that happening, but that's the only way I can think of. I don't think it would be because of us, the way our situation is now, um, where we would be a, a non-conference game. I think the only way that would, Bubba, I would see it is maybe a down the line where there's 12 teams in a college football playoff, something like that. But I, I would have never imagine it the way that we have things now. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think it would have to have to occur probably in the postseason. You know, Clemson to have a down year, uh, as we were discussing, by their standards and uh, for the Pirates to to meet up with the Tigers in a bowl game. But, um, you know, looking at, around the country at some of the other games, um, yeah. you know, we'll, re- we'll reference that matchup between number 22, Wake Forest, coming off the loss to Clemson, um, taking on 4-0 Florida State in Tallahassee. The Seminoles a seven-point favorite. Um, believe it or not, uh, I think I would – as much improved as the Knowles are, I think I would take Wake in the seven points. But um, some of the other matchups involving two ranked teams around the country, you have number seven, Kentucky. How odd does that sound? But what a job Coach Stoops has done there. And they are traveling to the Grove as they take on number 14, Ole Miss, and the Rebels, and despite being the lower-ranked team, are a seven-point favorite. Over the Wildcats, uh, you have um, number two, Bama, a 17-point favorite at number 20, Arkansas. Uh, Even though Arkansas got beat last week uh, in a thriller out at Jerry's World against Texas A&M, I do think that I would take uh, probably Arkansas on the points in that one at home. Uh, So that's that's an intriguing matchup. Um, And – and then you have number 17, Texas A&M, traveling to Starkville. Um, the Aggies uh, taking on the, the Bulldogs there in Stark Vegas with, with uh, Mississippi State 3-1. and one. Uh, And they did win the last time out against uh, Bowling Green, but this is a critical game for them because they've obviously already lost down at LSU. So they really need to win this one uh, at home against Texas A&M if they are going to contend in the uh, SEC West, um, you know, with Alabama and whomever else, be it Texas A&M or otherwise, uh, a huge game for Mike Leach and the Bulldogs there at home. And then 
another matchup involving a pair of ranked teams. Um, that previous one I mentioned was not because Mississippi State is not ranked. But um, number nine, Oklahoma State traveling to number 16, Baylor. And Baylor's a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. And they're coming off a win at Iowa State. And um, and they are now taking on uh, the undefeated 4-0 Oklahoma State Cowboys. Yeah, a lot of great matchups, like you said, Bubba. And, and uh, one of the things the kids were excited about is the fact that it always seems we have ball games and we have things to do. And and my daughter was upset about the rain. And I said, well, baby, you always say that that we have to, you know, we're always doing something, going to ball games, they're playing games. We just don't have a lot of downtime. And um, the great thing about the matchups this week, I'm glad that We've got a lot of great football, and i tell you one thing, my recliner, I'm going to enjoy being in my recliner, walking a few steps to use the restroom, get a, a, a pirate beverage or soft drink or whatever, water, but it's going to be great to be able to walk back and be able to watch a lot of football on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but I wanted to mention, too, uh, while we have a chance, I want to thank all our great uh, sponsors. And also, I want to thank all our great shows we have on right now. Uh, Coach Jeff Connors, he has a great show Monday nights, Absolute Empowerment. He's had a lot of great guests uh, all the way back to uh, the second show. I know one of my favorites, Coach Steve Logan. Uh, that's on there. Of course, uh, Tuesday night, we have a pirate preview. A lot of great uh, shows there. Uh, you can go back and uh, listen and watch those. Also, on Wednesday nights, um, we have Sonny and Semenza and the Pirate Breakdown with Sutton Young. Uh, of course, Thursday nights, you're watching the Inside Slanted Weekly College Football Preview. Uh, Friday is a Pirate's Life for me. Bubba does an excellent job one-on-one with a Pirate you may know or maybe one you don't know that you should know. Um, Saturday, Sights and Sounds. We won't have that this week because we're, it's not a home game. And then, of course, Sunday is our Pirate's Playback, which is brought to you by LNK Custom Homes. Um, those shows have been tremendous. Uh, you can watch those on YouTube, Facebook Live, and we appreciate the support of uh, not only the folks doing the shows, but we've had a lot of great success uh, with people. We've got a lot of compliments, people that we know that are friends, but also people that we don't know who have come up to us and and let us know they really like the, basically it's a daily programming uh, that we have. And also um, want to mention uh, hello to our good friend, Cy Seymour. He, we had a Chance to be together uh, a couple days ago, uh, Tuesday. Pra- the first practice, hard to believe, basketball season is around the corner, guys, about 40 days away. And it's just hard to believe that first game is coming up with Mercer in November. But uh, Coach Schwartz was amazing. Had a chance to uh, talk uh, to him and um, just love that program. Cy was on talking to us yesterday, and we have that show dropped today. So make sure you check that out. Uh, a lot of great programming. All you have to do is just go back in our YouTube and uh, you can check that out uh, for sure. But uh, certainly with everything going on, uh, we're talking about the Pirates. Uh, that game is going to be 2.30 on Saturday. Boca Raton, I've been joking, it's the Boca Bowl a little bit early. Preseason Boca Bowl, I guess. Um, but it's going to be a great matchup. And I think the Pirates are going to win that game. I really do. I feel very confident uh, that they take care of business on Saturday. And I'm just curious. For all the people that have been so negative after the Navy game, um, watch how positive they become. It's just interesting to see fans, and they're short for fanatics. And uh, Coach Logan used to always say, never get too high, never get too low. And 
of course, those of us that are alums, I was a fan, alum, follow the program. I'm a graduate. I mean, I've there's I've had so many different angles uh, following the, this program since 1986, and it hurt me really bad. But Sunday, I started thinking about we have every single goal ahead of us. We could still win a championship in the American. We haven't done that yet. We could still have a winning season. We could still go to a bowl. There's all kinds of things that could still happen. And sure, we should be three and one or four and oh. Um, but uh, that's the way, that's why you play the games. And I think all we need to do now is um, worry about logistically getting our equipment, getting everything down there. And of course, our team and coaches, everybody, the, uh, and the administration, everybody to be for everybody to be safe and to get back, as they say, in one piece. So that's uh, what we need to worry about now. And the game is going to be fantastic. I can't wait to uh, see how it plays out, but I feel very confident. I usually don't feel this confident, but I really do. Um, I think we can win, and I think a lot of changes are going to be made this week. That's that's a hunch I have, and no, I don't have inside scoop. That's just a gut feeling I have. So. It'll be uh, really interesting to see that. If you've got a comment, question, uh, like I said, then uh, ask, let's see. Uh, do you all know if the UCF game uh, will be on TV Sunday or ESPN Plus? Brandon, that is a very good question. Bubba probably knows that. Um, I would guess ESPN Plus because it's a Sunday. Um, that's my my um, gut feeling. I'm not 100% on that show, but 100% on that, but we'll have to check. And then uh, Jay Cutler says, I think it'll be similar to the ODU game. Uh, Jay, I think you're right. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think that Navy game has always been tough for us. This is a heartbreaking loss. We should have beaten them. Um, it's always It hurts us more because it's a pride thing. We should have beat them. And so many times they've run the score up on us and a lot of points, and that is what it is. But I really believe that after Navy – um, does the schedule get tough? Of course it gets tough, but I think that that wrinkle of defense and that wrinkle, maybe it's just a weird animal. That's the term I was going to use. And so I think here, here on out, you're going to see the pirates. Will they win every single game? Probably not afterwards, um, a- after this game, but I feel like that there's a lot of games they can win and who knows? I would love to see uh, Owen Daffer kick a winning field goal or um, kick a whole bunch of field goals so people will get off his back. Um, I think that it's a team sport, and hopefully people will see that the coaches know more than we do. And um, I think that you'll see that they've worked their tails off uh, this when it comes to this. I want to give a shout-out to Justin, all the people that are um, – we don't say enough about you guys and the men and women the behind the program, the behind the scenes. They like to be behind the scenes, most of them. There's some that may not. But um, we don't say um, hello to them very much. So, Justin, I appreciate you, man, and appreciate all the hardworking folks. This a big entourage. I think that's the right term to use when it comes to getting a team. It's a win. As someone has said, it's a much smaller scale. It's a win just to get your players and equipment to the right location. I'll just say that. And um, for them to have all this stuff happen has been crazy. And we hope that everybody, and like I said earlier, everybody in Florida, is uh, good to go. I'm very excited about the game. Do any of you have any more questions? We'll put that up on Facebook and YouTube for sure. We'll um, we'll try to address that. I know um, things. I was trying to think of anything that I've been hearing. 
Uh, let's see. We'll put it up here. Uh, Justice says, I appreciate it, guys. Love the Pirates. It'll be um, anchored down in Boca Raton. No worries. We got this. Justin, yeah, I have the utmost confidence in y'all. Um, no question about it. And, um, in fact, he said, you know, it's a, it's a little storm. And uh, we're Pirates. We're not scared of storms. I tell you what, um, it's going to be a great game. Um, I think uh, for those of you that are using, don't use up your vacation. I'll say that. Um, book every single hotel you can right now um, because the Pirates will. I'll put it on, on my reputation online. The Pirates will be going bowling. You don't have to worry about that. I'm very confident to win this season. I'm very confident, uh, certainly, when it comes to going to a bowl. And I don't know about the conference championship this year. I'd like to think that we can. Um, but the first two goals of winning season and going to a bowl, um, that's very doable. And I think that's uh, definitely uh, going to be uh, something for us for sure. All right, Bubba's back. Uh, glad to have you back, Bubba. Uh, that's why I wanted you and Kyle to join. And now, Matt, is I don't want to do a one-person show for sure. Yeah, Dave's monologue. Yeah. But, uh, you know, very quickly before we wrap this up and get out of here, you know, watch some college yeah. football on that, that game between Utah State and BYU. Definitely want to watch the second yeah. half of that one. But uh, i tell you what, looking at the Big 12, uh, talk about parity and – you look, Oklahoma got knocked off last week by K-State. Uh, you had Texas losing in Lubbock. Uh, I mentioned Baylor winning at Iowa State. This week you have Texas Tech going to now number 25 K-State as a eight-point underdog. Uh, you have Texas hosting West Virginia, who, um, who, you know, doesn't have the best of records, but still a very capable football team. You have Kansas at 4-0. Uh, Iowa State and that loss to Baylor was their only loss of the season. So the Big 12 is really up for grabs and a lot of good football teams. And I'm very interested to see how that pans out over the course of the season. Um, Looking around the country, kind of some under-the-radar storylines or matchups. You have number 21, Minnesota, 4-0. And they are hosting Purdue. They're about a 12 or 12-and-a-half point favorite. But um, P.J. Fleck and company, they really have things going. And then um, you also have number four, Michigan. Um, they're a double-digit favorite at Iowa. You know, the Hawkeyes just really struggle to score. And Michigan's playing, uh, obviously, tremendous football, looking to capitalize on the momentum from a year ago, uh, making the college football playoff. Uh, you have Liberty, they're a three-point favorite at Old Dominion. Uh, two very good football teams there. Um, as we know, with Old Dominion and then Liberty, nearly knocked off Wake Forest, lost in the last second field goal. Uh, you, you, have, you have LSU going to Auburn. I mentioned the way Auburn, although three and one, not very impressive. Uh, I would I would not hesitate to take LSU in that one. I think they're about an eight-point favorite. And I would roll with the Bayou Bengals. And he's had several games, or I say several, at least a few moved to Sunday. Uh, you have UCF and SMU um, doing battle in Orlando. And then you also had the Florida game uh, hosting Eastern Washington. That one's now on Sunday at noon. 
And then one other game uh, within the Sun Belt that was kind of an under-the-radar game, but a very good football game. You have Georgia Southern under first-year head coach Clay Helton. Of course, they made national headlines knocking off Nebraska and getting Scott Frost fired here a few weeks back. Uh, they are 3-1, and one, like I said, and they are taking on 4-0 and oh Coastal Carolina. Uh, so that should be an entertaining matchup in Conway. No doubt, Bubba. Uh, we had a question from, I think, Brandon Forbush earlier uh, asking at the UCF game, will that be on ESPN Plus, I assume, on Sunday? It's at least on ESPN Plus, if if not yeah. – uh, it's not something else. Let me, I'll double check that right before we wrap it up. Yeah, I didn't know off the top of my head, so I didn't want to speculate. I, I assume it's going to be that, but you know what happens when you assume. So um, I, I was just curious um, for sure. But uh want to, again, thank you so much for um, – uh, while we have a chance, while Bubba's looking that up, I want to thank all our fans of Empire Nation who have supported us for over the last – uh, four and a half years, and uh, now we're starting. If you want to sponsor us, uh, we have a lot of uh, local folks and national folks who want to sponsor us. So uh, hit us up. Uh, T that will be very easy. TSO at uh, the sports to obj at gmail.com. I was going to say, and you can do that. Uh, and we'd love to uh, hear from you. Get in touch with us. We're on Facebook too, Twitter, Instagram. Um, but make sure you do that. Uh, but thanks for all the support of the program. It means uh, so much. This show, again, the Inside Slant, a weekly college football preview. And uh want to thank, again, our great sponsors. In fact, LNK Custom Homes, want to thank them. Uh, they've been great. Uh, Kevin Walker, he, if you haven't seen it, by the way, Kevin Walker does a fantastic job uh, with those custom homes. He wins lots of awards in that triad area. And uh, Kevin, of course, from Greensboro, does a fantastic job. And if you get a chance, let KK know um, that you watch the show, that you listen to the show. Um, but he's been such a great uh, – Bubba, I was just talking about Kevin Walker from LNK Custom Homes. What a great job um, he does, um, not only for the custom homes, but appreciate his support of the program. And in particular case, he's, he's a title sponsor for our Pirate Playback on Sunday nights. And this Sunday night, Kevin's going to have a big smile on his face even on Sunday after, Saturday afternoon. I uh, feel good about the Pirates. But give Kevin a call, 336-688-8461. Also, I uh, want to say hello to the Holiday brothers, Mark and Terry Holiday. Uh, they are with uh, Porky's Backyard Barbecue in Williamston. And by the way, if you want to come out and have a great time, next Friday night, we're going to be uh, Porky's. Um, we're going to actually be doing karaoke. Mark and I are high school friends. Um, he has great food there, folks. you got to check it out at Porky's Backyard Barbecue. That's 805 East Boulevard in Williamston. Call them, 252-661, and that's uh, 0337. Appreciate uh, their support of the program. And Mark Metacazi, Cause is so great, pgxgloves.com. And uh, you can actually go there. A lot of great products over there. i tell you one thing. Um, Bubba, my kids have gotten a lot of compliments from folks. I wish we could get, if he was not busy, I would get Kaz to come down and uh, set up a booth in our, our league for sure and um, for both baseball and softball in Williamston because a lot of people are always looking for those cutting-edge products. And i tell you one thing, 
you want to talk about swag. They've got a lot of swag. They, the look of the gloves are fantastic. They've got t-shirts, a whole bunch of great apparel too. And by the way, if you're looking for 25% all products, put the promo code ECU and you can get your PGX gloves uh, discount, pgxgloves.com. Bubba, do you have anything before we go, my friend? Nope. Uh, just looking forward to another excellent weekend of football, you know, with the weather and a lot of rain headed our way here in, um, you know, 30 minutes north of Charlotte and uh, this region yeah. of the state. And, and uh, it's going to be a, a nice weekend to camp out in front of the TV and, you know, get some things done inside the house and, um, you know, enjoying college football in the process. Hopefully we'll have a chance to talk about what will be the Pirates' third victory of the season if they can take care of business down in Boca against the USF Bulls. We'll see how it turns out. Thanks so much to you, Bub. Appreciate uh, Will having him on. We'll see. Good luck to Clemson. We'll see how that game is Saturday night against NC State. And that'll be a great uh, – that was on uh, 7.30, I believe, on um, ABC. So it should be a great game. And uh, looking forward to that. That's where – Game day is going to be, as he said, the game day crew uh, looks like they're going to be okay. They won't be washed away or blown away as uh, things should be out of there. Um, things looking good for Saturday morning for college game day in Clemson, South Carolina. All right. Thanks to our great sponsors. Thanks to the viewers, listeners. Until next time, you've been watching the, it's the Inside Slant. It's a weekly college football preview, preview, and it's right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. And as always, go Pirates.